Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. Lisa Jo, a few of my favorite ordinary things are sunflowers that have grown taller than I am, sipping iced coffee on the front porch, and watermelon from a farmer's market. Mm, And a few of mine are kids doing backflips off the diving board, the first fireflies of the season, and sleeping in. Listeners, are you reading Lisa Joe's new book yet? It's a love letter to ordinary life called The Middle Matters, Why That Extra Ordinary Life Looks Really Good on You. This incredible book is like a magic mirror. It showed me just how marvelous my ordinary life already is. In these hilarious and honest essays that are so much like our conversations here on this podcast, Lisa Joe invites us to take a good look at our middles and gives us permission to embrace them beyond what the media, the mirror, the magazines, or our teenagers might say. Through gutsy, beautiful storytelling, she admits out loud what most of us are thinking about marriage, parenting, the bathroom scale, and our struggles with doubt and faith. So many women, Christy, today feel like their lives are boring, ordinary, or routine, especially when you compare them to what the movies or social media seem to think we should be living up to, and it is exhausting to live up to everybody else's expectations of what a meaningful life should look like. But what if we don't need to seize the day every day? What if it's as simple as changing the way we see each day? Whether it's that afternoon you sobbed in your minivan because your kid finally got something other than an F in spelling, or all those weekends you spent at the sports field watching other moms cheer on your children, win or lose. Maybe it's that after more years together than apart, you see your partner with new eyes and you realize that ordinary is sexy, or that now you know that a pocket full of friends is more than enough and that failure isn't something we need to fear anymore. It might stun us to discover just how good that extraordinary life really does look on you. So friends, treat yourself. Pick up a copy of The Middle Matters, available now everywhere books are sold. And then pick up a copy for a girlfriend too. Go to themiddlemattersbook.com and treat yourself. Now get comfy. Here we go. If there's one idea that runs through every episode of this podcast, it's connection. Out of the Ordinary is rooted in our connection as longtime friends, Lisa Joe, and our desire to connect with our listeners is so strong. We just hosted 50 of you at the Maplehurst Black Barn. Man, what a night it was. But connection, as we've learned, is not inevitable, and it is not always easy. And that's why it's such a privilege to tell you about a just-released book called Backroads to Belonging by our longtime friend, Kristen Strong. The wisest books are often born out of personal struggle, and Kristen knows the pain of disconnection firsthand. As a military spouse, that feeling of being on the outside looking in is deeply familiar to her. This gentle book weaves Kristen's personal stories, stories from her community, and stories from the Bible to lead readers along a life-changing third way, not the popular crowded highway where we pretend to be something we're not, and not the paralysis of intense loneliness. Kristen's third way is the way of back roads— The way of slowly and attentively following a God who has created us uniquely and created us for relationship. This isn't any kind of one, two, three, ABC, read this book and start your better life today book. Backroads to Belonging is practical and accessible, but it celebrates the sweet and slow beauty of walking a less traveled way. It's time to trade in the lie of being left out for the truth that there's a place where you were made to belong. If you don't know how to get from here to there, Kristen is the kind of guide who will pick you up with coffee in one hand and a bouquet of real honest stories in the other and drive you in person with music and laughter blaring all the way. This book is your instant invitation to belonging. All you have to do is accept it. 
And because this also matters to us, the cover is simply gorgeous, Lisa Joe. The paper's beautiful and tactile and begs to be handled. Now, long live ebooks and audiobooks and every kind of book, but Back Roads to Belonging is a great example of why real paper books with real paper covers will always be one of our favorite ordinary things. Just like our friendship with Kristen Strong. For anyone who feels the ache of wanting to belong, this book is for you. Pick up a copy of Back Roads to Belonging anywhere books are sold. When we began this podcast almost one year ago, we never imagined bringing you an episode like this one. But slowly, week by week, as we planted the small seeds of the Out of the Ordinary podcast, a dream began to grow. Could we invite a few of our listeners to join us at Maplehurst? Could we record one of our storytelling conversations in the context of a community? In some ways, it was a very ordinary dream to gather around real tables rather than virtual ones, to have a conversation face-to-face. But it also seemed impossible. Christy and her husband had started building a gathering place, a black barn, at Maplehurst, but it was far from finished. And even if we could finish it, even if we had the space, would anyone come? Would anyone say yes to the invitation? But with a new book coming out and an excuse to put ourselves on a schedule and open the doors in time to celebrate the middle matters, we had just the motivation we needed. We knew we could host 50 friends and listeners and readers, and so we sent out the invitation. And listeners, you said yes. You said yes faster than we could have imagined, and all 50 tickets disappeared on the first day, for which we are so grateful, and which was a confirmation to us to keep saying yes to more live gatherings. And the joyful sound of your yes is this episode. It's a little louder than our typical style. It has a little more energy. But this is the sound of our gratitude and our awe. And the sound of 50 people listening in on our live conversation. Gosh, I still get goosebumps remembering how the barn felt that night. It was like the energy of a holy ground and a holy gathering that practically crackled in that place. We think it's a fitting crescendo for this first year of the Out of the Ordinary podcast. So this conversation is a little longer, a little more personal, and it ends with a fun audience Q&A. And while this certainly isn't the end of our podcast by any measure, it does mark a pause because after this first amazing year and our first live event, we needed to catch our breath. We needed to exhale and look up from our work and lean into listening to our Father God a little more intimately again as we ask Him what conversations might encourage you all in our second year together. So, we'll be taking the next few weeks to rest and receive the ordinary gifts of summer. But we'll be back this fall with more stories, more conversations, and yes, more invitations. So, get comfy. Here Here we we go. go. (laughs) And now we're coming at you live. Live from from the the Black Black Barn! Barn. Oh my goodness, it's happening. It's happening. I think this conversation is going to have a little different energy, which I love because we're not alone. (laughs) Not by a long shot. We're so glad. There'll be lots of hopefully background sound effects. We'll pretend we're Jimmy Fallon or something. But this is kind of live studio audience. This is like a fantasy, a dream come true because when we do these podcasts and we have these conversations, we are always trying to keep you in mind. Always. And we don't know you. But we're getting to know some of you, and we have ideas about you, and we have questions about you, and we try to think. We think about you a lot in a non-creepy way. Yeah, we do. So what a great thing that today we can be here with some of you and see your faces and have this conversation. And so this is, for each podcast, this is all the preparation we do. We, we sort of think, well, maybe, what do we have a story? What do we want to talk about? Today, the preparation was, was this. We said, these people are coming. They have journeyed, some of them, traveled. They have taken risks. 
They have stepped out of their comfort zone. Some have come with friends or family, but some have just come on their own. And some of them we knew might be coming and might have gone through all like flat tires or or apparently power going out in your hotel every times. Right. Yes. And we were like, we need a story that feels like it fits with that. I couldn't think of one. And so I asked Peter and I remember it. I think he was like brushing his teeth and I yelled down the hallway. Christy says we need a story that's ordinary as usual, but somehow has to do with travel, people outside of their comfort zones. I can't think of one. And he like stopped what he was doing and said, tell the story about Jill and the mattress. And so when I told Christy, I have this perfect story. And so we never tell each other the whole story. We share a tiny, like, an entry point, right? Because we actually like to hear them fresh ourselves as part of the conversation. So I said, hey, Peter came up with this great idea. That's right. And then John. And so I thought, we've never done that before. We've never asked someone else for our story. But this has been a family thing, a a communal thing. And so when you told me that about Peter, I said, I told you, Jonathan. and, And immediately you picked up on it and you said, what were the themes again? What were they? And I said, uh, uh, hospitality, people traveling. And Ordinary you said, life. you should t- immediately, immediately, you should tell the story of Russ Colveter building the TV stand for us. And sometimes and that's said, all it takes yeah. for us. We're like, oh, okay. that's perfect. So here we go. This so is what we happens. Go. We literally do that with each other. Over coffee, I'm like, I got a story. Do you have one that matches? And then she's like, let me think, let me think. I do have one. And want, then can I we tell the story. Do it doesn't know. matter to we have me. A plan. Maybe I'll, I'll go. Go. We also do this. We say, is it a big story, a full story? Is it more of an anecdote? Is and it a little story? story? Is it a heavy story? Right. Do we need to balance it? Then I'll often, this will often happen. I'll be like, I feel like I talk too much on that podcast. <laughs> I'm always like, I spoke too much. <laughs> we need to do another one. The next one needs to be where you have the longest story. <laughs> we do. We try to balance it out. But I love listening to Lisa Joe. So I'm like, no, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Always partner with someone who, whatever you do, they're like, oh no, I thought it was fantastic. (laughs) Don't change anything. (laughs) So I already told Lisa Joe that really this story, it's on the anecdote side. It's a smaller story. It's a very ordinary little story. But I think that's good because after this, we're going to go have dinner and we're going to have dessert and we're going to wander the garden. So we're not going to sit here and tell stories all night. But this tiny story is this. Jonathan and I have been married now for, I should have double checked, but let me (laughs) say 22. He's not paying attention. Good. 22 years. (laughs) 22 years. I always get the math wrong because of the year. It's not my fault. 22 years? 26 is to be 23 this year. Okay. Okay. That's helpful. So we were college students when we got married. And um, we got married. The only You can only get married sort of two times a year. If you're a college student, you get married in the summer or you get married during Christmas break. Um, I was very young and I wanted to get married to this guy, but I wasn't quite ready in the summer. And I also had this little thought. I want one more Christmas with my family. Oh my gosh, you did not. I know. I look back, I'm like, what? (laughs) That's really weird. I I think so too now, but I can remember. That just tells you how young I was. I was very young. And I wanted one more Christmas with my family. So we planned a Christmas wedding, December 28th. But that meant that we both needed somewhere to live for that fall semester and then get married. And then we were going to move in together in the spring, all while being both of us college students. And uh, Jonathan had a roommate and a good friend. Russ. And Russ said, I'll help you out with that. They had been roommates in a dorm. And he said, I will move out of the dorm so that you can get an apartment. You guys choose the apartment. I'll live there with you in the fall. And then when you get married, I'll, I'll find something else. I don't remember when he found that, if he had it, but he just offered that out of love and friendship. And I can remember even then thinking, wow, uh, that's you know, that's a sacrifice. Um, but he did that for us. So you guys lived together in the fall and were so, he was so sweet too, because he would put up with me coming by to drop off little bits of furniture I was picking <laughs> up, you know, from the yard sales. And uh, we were moving from a dorm into a home together and we had nothing. We had nothing. The first thing we bought, we bought a bed and we bought a book bookcase. <laughs> you did. Of course yeah. you bought a bookcase. <laughs> Eventually we got a little table and a couple of chairs and that's all... <laughs> That's really all we had. Maybe at the last minute, we found a little two-seater sofa. So that's all we had. <laughs> and Jonathan did have a, a TV that he, I think, had been given to him by his parents in high school. And he had this little TV and a little VCR, and we liked to watch old movies sometimes. So we got married that Christmas. We went on a little honeymoon. And I am the firstborn oldest child, which means I'm handicapped in a certain way. I believe wrongly that if I haven't done it or taken care of it, it has it won't not get done. Right. We have this right. in common. Right. Yes. 
our poor husbands. So for example, during our Christmas wedding, as we go to the moment where we are going to take communion together now as husband and wife, I look at the table where the elements should be, and in my head I think, they won't be there. No one put them there because I didn't think about that. Well, of course, they were there. Other people can think of these things. But the same thing with our little apartment. We came home from our honeymoon, and I thought, it's late at night. Um, there had been an ice storm. It was Houston, Texas. There had been an ice storm. It was icy in that airport parking lot. We had trouble with our car. We got in late, and I thought, there will be boxes everywhere. There will be nowhere to sleep. It will be a disaster. Open the door. It was not a disaster. <laughs> Our bed was made. Our wedding gifts had been unwrapped. Our furniture was placed. And not only that, there was what I expected to see was the little TV and VCR sitting on the floor where it had sat all fall semester. There was a uh, wooden TV stand, beautiful table for the TV. And we learned later that Russ the roommate, the friend, Nuh-uh. had built it for no us way. while we were away on our honeymoon. This co- he was a kid, really. We were kids. He was a college boy. And he, in his head, thought, they need, they need that. They need somewhere to put their TV. We were kicking him out of his apartment. <laughs> and what does he do? He goes to the, whatever the lumber That's store wild. was then, and buys wood and makes us a piece of furniture and stains it. That's wild. And has it ready and has our little TV and our little VCR placed on it. And Had um, he been the one who, like, uh, like got you all settled and moved into the space? Good question. So, not entirely. Our mothers. That'd be a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that'd be a little creepy. Our mothers uh, have been in there. Russ yeah. is, like, unpacking your clothes from your bridal yeah. shower no, and putting no, it in. No. <laughs> that'd be weird. And I, Russ. Yeah. Yep, back no. off, Russ. <laughs> man too I should say he had been the best man he was, a he best, was man. the best he man was. now our mothers had gone in and unwrapped everything and uh, found the new sheets and and made our bed and we were really gosh even now I think so this is also what happens as we have these podcasts we think of these stories we don't even know the meaning of them we don't even when we start understand what connections there will be or what it will mean to us so even now as I'm telling the story I might cry because I'm realizing that Russ made a place for us, mm-hmm. and he understood that we cared so much about our first little apartment. I think he really got us, even at a time where we did not get us. I did not know what made me tick or why I cared that the TV was now not sitting on the floor, but I cared, and Russ somehow knew that yeah. and gave the perfect gift for us, even though we only lived in that little apartment for one more semester before we moved on. Which apartment— what was is it one of the ones in um placemaker? It is. Which one so is it is it? that first apartment I write about where the countertops were that ho- is it horrifying the orange, gro- orange citrus grove? Uh, Which what was it called? Uh, what did uh, pepper tr- uh, pine tree pine, pine tree, tree apartments pine, pine tree no apartment. no Skin. what did I, but what is it in the book? I don't think it has a name in the book. It's before we moved to pine tree. Anyway, oh, okay. I'll have to check my own book tonight. To see, <laughs> but our very first apartment, and so <laughs> yeah, I thought of that story uh, just because it just reminded me that. After a journey, right? Whether it's a life transition journey or an Mm. actual journey like our honeymoon, to be welcomed home, to be um, blessed in that way, it Mm. means so much. And and I I just thought, I want to honor that in each of you tonight, Mm. that you came, that you journeyed, even if you just journeyed down the road. I know a few of you are are almost neighbors, uh, that it means so much to us. And our prayer is that tonight and anytime you come to the Black Barn, that um, you feel that sense of welcome Mm. and you know how glad we are that you are here, Mm. how glad we are that you came. And um, and we hope our stories honor that. I mean, I feel like, though, you have continued to do that. Like, it's so interesting that that was done for you. Right. But everywhere you've lived, you've always done that now for other people. And I think anybody who visits here, that will be your experience. Like, you, I feel like anytime you arrive at Maplehurst, you can just take a deep breath and exhale. My... I think God has really blessed us because the air is so fresh this evening at Maplehurst. <laughs> There's no smell of mushroom farms like there was last night. This morning was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. I was not a happy placemaker. <laughs> 
my daughter Zoe was telling somebody, and maybe it was Arena, she was saying to her, I just love, you just wait. Isn't it so great how it smells at Maplehurst? And people are always like, what do you mean? What? And she's like, it's not a good smell, but it's a good feeling because it tells you that you're there. And so... <laughs> She, Chrissy always says, Zoe's the only one who likes the smell of Maplehurst. (laughs) But I know why, because I have that experience every time I come. Like, seriously, this time now, so we got to Kristen staying here at the Black Barn in the bedroom. And as I was walking over, Christy whispers to me, there's Coke Zero in the fridge. (laughs) I was like, of course there is, because you know me so well, and you're such a kind placemaker. But yeah, I've finished books here. We've come here for Christmases and for Thanksgivings. And every time we come, there's something meaningful that you've thought of, something that's the equivalent of a TV stand, Mm -hmm. I think, that you've built for the people who come. So I think you must also pay attention. Speaking of building, when you walk outside to the left here, outside the barn is this huge wooden beam. So Jonathan used that that's original from the barn and then built that table feature that you see. And so I actually thought you were going to say Jonathan had built the TV stand for you because he has built for you. It's a funny little twist on that story that you would become this builder and carpenter and make things for us. But I think there's some deeper meaning in that, that it didn't begin with us doing it, Hmm. but with us receiving it from someone else. Um, I don't even know fully how to unpack that, but I think that that is important somehow. And I think it's interesting that it was so meaningful, but it was because it was at a vulnerable moment, exactly. right? Like you're coming home tired exactly. and you're starting something very new mm-hmm. and you're not sure. So our story connects to that because my story begins in South Africa. So we had returned to South Africa for a couple of years and had a baby, but we're heading back to the States now. And it wasn't really exactly under the conditions we had wanted it to be. We, I wasn't ready to be leaving South Africa, but nonetheless, here we were coming back to Michigan and we literally had nowhere to live. We didn't know what our jobs were going to be. We had a new baby. And right around the Christmas season, um, we were staying with Pete's aunt and uncle in their house. And so they were so kind and so generous. But I think sometimes when you have like aunts and uncles who love you, they forget you're a grown up. And especially when you're in our case where we weren't really acting like grown ups, like we weren't sure what we were doing with ourselves. But I remember like our second or third night back in Michigan and it was winter. We were coming from South African summer and now we're in Michigan winter. It's so cold, so dark in the morning. And Pete was getting ready to to leave for his new job. And I remember Aunt Marcia, we're in our 30s with a baby, knocking on the door like you wake up your teenager and be like, Pete, Pete, are you awake? Are you awake? I've ironed your pants for you. They're ready for your first day. And we're like, Aunt Marcia, we know. But like, that's how vulnerable we were, okay? Like we had no grown up status, even in our own family. It was bad. And at that, around that time, Jackson was like 18 months old, caught the rotavirus, which if you've experienced that, you understand, right? It's like the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> and then we had to travel with him oh. to, from Michigan to um, Illinois to be with Pete's family and stopping through Wisconsin to see some family there with a kid who was projectile vomiting and having diarrhea at the same time. It was, it was not a happy homecoming experience. It was bitter and cold. There was, for me, like a lingering sense of defeat. You know, we hadn't made it. We tried to go home to South Africa and we just, we couldn't find roots there. And we had come home to the States. And it was difficult because everyone in America was telling us like, welcome home. We're so glad you're here. And I wanted to pout and be like, this isn't home. Like, I'm home is there. I left home. And it's just heartbreaking because our American family wanted to celebrate. And my heart felt a little broken and I wasn't ready to be happy. And we had this very sick baby. We didn't know where we're going to live. We're road tripping across the country. And at this point, we had lived in um, Ukraine for two years. And then we'd moved and been in South Africa for two years. And now we were back in the States. That entire four-year period, all our earthly belongings had been in storage. We hadn't seen any of it since we had lived like basically as newlyweds. And one of the purchases we had made when we first got married was this very expensive mattress. Listen to me. If you've lived on dorm mattresses for a long time, you understand the gift of a king-size, like orthopedic, all the special bells and whistles mattress. We slept on the thing for a year, and then we moved to Ukraine, and then it went into storage, okay? When we were in Ukraine, we slept on not a mattress. We slept on, like the guy, the landlord folded blankets, 
and then cut like slipped them into a thing and was like that was the mattress it was so tragic it was bad and then when we moved apartments we were in a place that had a mattress but it still wasn't a mattress it was like padding i love how um here for our audience you can do little air quotes yeah air quotes there you go so not a mattress not a mattress in air quotes (laughs) yes it was it was not a not a comfort yeah. experience. So that's what we'd been sleeping on for a long time. And then when we were in South Africa, we had stayed in this cottage that I lived in as an 18-year-old behind my dad's house. And it also like mattress and air quotes, right? Like just not a great mattress situation. So now, <laughs> now we're sleeping in my cousin's room in Michigan. She's moved down to the basement because everyone's trying to accommodate us, right? Here we are, stranded, don't know what we're doing with our lives. And um, in the room with us was a crib. So Jackson, we would try to play possum and just like lie in the dark, hoping he wouldn't know we were there. (laughs) But he'd stand up and stare at us over the crib. And he'd go, mom, dad, mom, dad. And I'd be like, Tippi, don't move. He's going to lie back down. Don't make eye contact with him. Don't let him see you. And then we'd have to roll over it. Because, I mean, literally, like, and there, it was like a, a teenager's bedroom, right? So it's not like there's even <laughs> space between the crib and the bed. It was like he could just reach out and <laughs> poke us, know that we were awake. So anyway, we leave that r- house and we're on the road now traveling. We're going home for Christmas. We stop by. And one of the stops we made was in Wisconsin. We went to visit Pete's brother and sister-in-law. And when our earthly goods went into storage, I was very concerned for our mattress because I love it very, very much. And I didn't want it to just be in storage. And so Chris and Jill kept it at their house for us in their basement. That is how great they were. So we arrived at their house. I remember it was like really cold Wisconsin night. We're exhausted. The kid is still puking and having diarrhea. Like how much puke can come out of one tiny human being? I don't even understand it. Okay. We arrive at their house and they've made dinner and they're so great. I think they could just sense in the atmosphere that there was an ache, right? That we weren't ready to be excited about being back in America. And they asked a lot of questions about South Africa. How's your family? How are you doing? What is the weather? Like trying to make small talk to try to help me adjust with my broken heart to being back. And we were so tired from all the different places we'd slept over the last several months. And I was expecting there would be a blow-up mattress waiting for us because at Chris and Jill's house, there always is a blow-up mattress. And I kind of resigned myself to it. I was so tired. And Jill said to me, have you guys set up in the basement? It's dark and quiet. I know you're jet lagged. I think you'll be most comfortable there. And I was like, sure. I took my bu- my puking kid I held him and we walked down the stairs. And when we got to the bottom of the basement, she had set up for us our king-size mattress that I had not seen in four years. (laughs) And I just started crying like a little baby. Like I looked at that thing and it was home. It didn't matter what country I was in or what time zone. I crawled into that amazing bed and the three of us slept in it. Jackson was in the middle and we had the best sleep we'd had in months. Mm. And it was that moment of feeling seen and loved without words. Like she set up a piece of home for us. And I will never get over that story. Like I just, it's weird to even try and talk to her about it because I don't know. I feel like I sound like a crazy person. My love story for this mattress. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> it was so much more than a mattress in that moment. Oh, and I love that as soon as you told Peter the kind of story you wanted to tell, then he went to he knew right away. He knew so right great. away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. So there's something about that vulnerability, right? When you're yeah. traveling or yeah. you you don't know what comes next of feeling seen. And I think those moments are the most significant when they happen in a completely ordinary Mm -hmm. sort of setting. You know, you don't know. I always think about it. It's like treasure buried in plain sight, right? That God tucks into our everyday for us. Mm. And he says, did you see it? Mm. So I always say we don't need to seize the day. We just need to see see the day. And so my hope with the book is that it's this collection of stories that you'll think, oh, I have a story like that, or that happened, something like that happened to me, that we constantly be opening our eyes to these incredible moments that are happening mm-hmm. and that we are so mm-hmm. quick to pass by them a yeah. lot of the time. I think the other theme of the podcast and these conversations as we tell these stories is memory, like remembering mm. the things we have remembered because we are 
trying to give these conversations to you. It's incredible. I don't know when we last talked about that apartment or that roommate and the gift. uh, Years, years. And I think that is something that we can pass on to you. Like you may not do it for a podcast, but Mm. whatever it looks like for you, whatever the discipline is, conversations with a friend, journaling, conversations with a spouse, the value, Mm -hmm. not only of seeing your ordinary life, but of remembering all the ordinary days (laughs) that have led up to it, I think somehow changes how we see this day. I agree. And there's something about unpacking the story that makes you make the connections that sometimes we're so surprised. We were saying last night when we're thinking about today and about how we podcast, a lot of the time when we're done and you can kind of feel the conversation wrapping up, right? Like you can tell, oh, we're making the, oh, look at that connection. Oh, yeah. oh, and we're like looking at we each other. Like, and then we're like hovering yeah. over the thing. Are we done? Are we done? And then, oh, we're done. And we hit stop. And then we always look at each other and go, oh my gosh, this is such a great conversation. <laughs> and we like appreciate ourselves oh. in that moment because we're so surprised every time that it kind of yeah. wends its way back to this full circle moment. And so having you guys in this room with us is that exclamation point yeah. on the conversation of mm-hmm. experiencing it with you and exactly. saying conversations matter about completely ordinary things because it's where we all live 99% <laughs> of the time. Yeah. And here we are. So toward the end, we'll start eyeing our little timers and our little watches and saying, okay, is that is that it? And I think here tonight, what's so great is that as we wrap up our little storytelling time is that we get to go out and meet you and hear your stories. And I hope you'll share your stories with one another. And And so part of that is I see some of you have started it. It makes me so happy. We wanted you to have something to take home with you in addition to the necklaces from our kind friends at Dayspring. But we wanted you to create something to remind yourself of the extra in your ordinary life. So scattered around in the bedroom back here and outside, you're going to find these art boxes everywhere and these little note cards for you to make something to take home with you to say, what is the extra? in my ordinary. My daughter Zoe made a little demonstration one hanging up there in the middle and you can see what she thought was extra in her ordinary. But there's something about writing down, about speaking out loud, about remembering together Mm -hmm. that helps those things actually sink into our bones, I feel like. Quick pause, Christy, because as you know, we love to shine a spotlight on friends of the show. In order to serve our listeners and offer resources that delight, serve, and hopefully excite our community. So here's today's spotlight. Our time together at the Maplehurst Black Barn was a moment we wanted to mark in tangible, practical ways. We wanted to give each woman who attended something to take home with her as a reminder of all the extra that shows up right in the middle of our ordinary lives. Thanks to our friends at Dayspring, we were able to do just that. Dayspring has a wide and beautiful array of Bible journaling and illustrated faith art supplies, which they generously provided to our event. Zoe and I had the best time filling five of their beautiful distressed wooden caddies full to overflowing with markers and pencils and sharpies and stickers and crayons for creating a -a one-of-a-kind memento. I admit I was just as delighted by the bountiful crafting smorgasbord as my eight-year-old was. We oohed and awed our way, Christy, through unpacking each new box of art supplies from glitter pens to metallic markers. And we loved adding one caddy of art inspiration to each of the picnic tables at our live podcast event. As our guests gathered around tables and chatted, they also had their hands busy using the illustrated faith art supplies to create a unique reminder of all the extra in their ordinary lives. Along with that memento, each woman also received a beautiful necklace from Dayspring's illustrated faith line to wear home. It's a personal reminder that Christ's love is made tangible in smiles shared, memories made, stories told, and beauty received. The art, the necklace, they will go on reminding me that Christ gives us all we need to speak life and love to those around us. You can explore all of Dayspring's beautiful illustrated faith art supplies at dayspring.com. And now, here we go, our live Q&A. And here at the end as well, before we do go out and have our our shared meal time, we'll take a couple questions 
Um, I know we don't have a mic for you, but we'll just do our best and we'll repeat the question for our recorder. Because it allows us to have the conversation come to life with you guys in a way we've never done before. So we're super excited to do that. So we so thought it'd be fun to do um, a little Q&A time. We didn't time. practice this part either. I don't know. Do you raise your hand? We never do you practice. make eye contact? I don't know. But if anyone has a question for us. Let us know. We, uh, yeah, we're here and we'll see where the conversation, where the where conversation goes. goes. Yeah. Oh, great. Is it Joy? Is, am I remembering Joy? Pat. I'm sorry. Pat. That's okay. What is your best memory or the thing that sparks your life about out of the ordinary Yeah. Ooh. Mm. The best memory. So the question was, what is our best memory about the out of the ordinary podcast? Mm-hmm. What is it? Well, I'll go and then you can go. <laughs> okay. Well, it'll be interesting yeah. to see what you say. I think for me that it has built in a rhythm into our friendship now. Uh-huh. So I come regularly uh-huh. to Maplehurst uh-huh. because I have to. It's on the calendar and we need new episodes. And I think Christy and I both have that experience sometimes where we're, life can feel busy and chaotic, but it's a hard stop and I have to come. And, you know, Christy is an extreme introvert. So I know three days of conversations with me is like <laughs> exhausting for her by the end. And what you don't know is it's not just what you hear on the air. A lot of what happens yeah. is actually I walk in the door and we spend hours talking before we record because there's that sense of needing to catch up again with one another. And so it's it's so meaningful for both of us, but it's it, so it both like I think refreshes and depletes mm-hmm. you at the same yeah. time. Yeah. But having that rhythm yeah. for me has been yeah. the biggest gift. It's almost like uh, sometimes you need a deadline in order to get yeah. things done. Like I feel today, like, for example. Exactly. This was our deadline. So we got a lot of projects done. We have this friendship deadline, which is the <laughs> podcast where it, it's out there. We have to get together. And we've been friends forever. But I think what we have told several people is that our friendship now, it's always been there. It's always been good. It's always been a gift. But it's different now. Mm. It's a whole new thing because we have done this regularly, because mm. we're sharing these stories. Every time we get together, we say, I didn't know that about you. I'd never heard that one. And so now I feel like we had certain shared experiences before, but now because we have unpacked our childhood and our marriage <laughs> and everything, our parenting together <laughs> for the podcast, I feel like now Lisa Joe knows my whole story, my whole life. And I feel like I have been introduced to so mm. much more of your story and mm. your life as if, even though we were growing up on different continents, different continents mm-hmm. and yet now I feel like we have this whole shared past. And right. it's the podcast that has done that. And yeah. I think as a listener, I have to say it's absolutely beautiful because mm. that's how I feel. I'm so glad. I'm so, I'm so glad. glad sit and listen to two friends share life. Yes. I'm so glad. We're so honored. Mm -hmm. Another question in the back? uh, Oh, oh, oh. Uh -oh. What do we, we didn't didn't practice. (laughs) For those listening in, we have a question request from a relative. Are we going to take it? My Micah. (laughs) Why don't you stand up your Ah, that's a good question. Well, so we we do. So the question that's is interesting from Lisa Joe's own child. What happened Shocking. to that? What happened to that mattress? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you reframed that. Um, we actually had that mattress for a long time, buddy. But then after we raised three children who went through many many reiterations of the rotavirus, <laughs> in that mattress we upgraded. <laughs> You have a new mattress. <laughs> and uh, yes, a question in the in the back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tanya. What do you think you have learned about each other in terms of your friendship? Mm-hmm. Like new things between podcasts. Mm-hmm. You learn lots of new stories. Mm-hmm. How have you seen your friendship yeah. bond, strengthen, and grow? Yeah. Mm. So the question is, what have we learned really about each other that we didn't know before? Mm. Mm, that's a good, deep question. I mean, my first response is I just want to say I've learned so much. I thought I knew Lisa Joe before, but now I feel like I know you quite intimately, not just because you've shared the stories, but because we've had to collaborate. Right. And so just as it is like with any kind of partnership, I mean, we're just, we love each other so much so that we can not, we don't butt heads, but we can talk it out. We can disagree. Right. I we can feel work like through things. Having a safe friend is so great because like Christy came, Christy was a, uh, 
in England, you know, you were overseas this summer for like, what, three weeks. It was a while, yeah. right? And so we hadn't talked since she got back, but I like suddenly, I had this thing I was trying to work through. And so I voxed her and I said, hey man, welcome back. Haven't had time to greet you, but I've got this really hard thing I need to talk to you about. Let's go. And like, I just like launched into it. And then her response back was like, that's so great. Yes. Let's have that conversation. <laughs> oh, I'm remembering now. Yes. Remember? Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't yeah. a hard thing between us, but like yeah. something we were trying to figure yeah. out. And I think, but I think for me, and I was actually thinking about this um, as I was coming up, one of the things that I've learned about you that's been so interesting to me is the how, um, like, you see the Holy Spirit as a real person. Yet, like, you will be like, like, you really believe the Spirit, like, really is working in things. And you wait on Him, and you acknowledge His presence and His leading. Like, for example, so this beautiful flower photo mural that you'll see on the side of the barn. It's so beautiful. And if you're listening, we'll have photographs in the show notes so you can see. But I had a night where I was scrolling through pictures on Pinterest and there are a lot of balloon arches and I mean, beautiful ways to do a photo wall. But I wanted something that felt like Maplehurst. And I saw this picture and I, we just, in that one moment, just a lot of things for the event clicked when we landed on this design. And I said to Christy, is it weird to feel like the Holy Spirit like led me to that? And she said, I a hundred percent accept that the Holy Spirit <laughs> led you to that picture. <laughs> but there's just something about you that is, you're not afraid to wait on the Holy Spirit. I think that's a very powerful thing. Wow. I think you wait on him all the time and how you answer me when I ask you questions, you say, let's think about that. Let's, let's pray about how that will be. Let's listen. I think you're good at listening to him. Mm, wow. Thank you, Lisa Jo. Thank welcome. you. I think it is a real, um, you know, going deep with another person, it can be hard. It can be painful, especially if you've been hurt or mm. it just can be hard. And you, you said, for instance, I'm a very, I'm an introvert. And so I don't, words, weirdly spoken words are not my best thing. Like when we first started talking about a podcast, I was thinking, no way. Lisa Joe, you could do that. I could <laughs> never do that. I am, you know, I can't process verbally. But the, what I have learned and appreciated is that when you have someone that you can go deep and wrestle with and talk about anything, mm. that some things will, it doesn't mean that it will all be easy, It, but it will all be good. Yeah. It will all it's be so rich. It will all be a gift. Yeah. And so I feel like I've been given such a gift where in a world, in a culture where most of our friendships are good maybe, but now I'm realizing fairly superficial. I think I just hadn't realized how superficial and through this podcast, mm -hmm. as God has brought us closer, now I I feel so blessed. I have a friend where our friendship is like layers deep, <laughs> layers deep, like a foundation I can stand on. Mm. I need to stop now or I will start crying. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think, gosh, well, I'm so grateful that mm. that's been given to me in you. And mm. I, I feel incredibly grateful. I know, Chrissy actually said, like last night, I feel like she was talking, we were talking about how long we've been friends and she said something like, I know, because when we, when you guys moved to Ukraine, I just thought, well, it's nice knowing them for a while. Like... <laughs> Pity that friendship didn't go anywhere. Could have been great. It's true. It's I've true. learned. Whereas I was thinking, like, basically, I'm that friend you're never going to be rid yeah. of. Like, I was like, every time we would be back in America, I would just randomly be like, hey, we're driving through Chicago. Can we come by? Yeah. And she's like, uh, yes, sure. And maybe actually that's, I don't know if we'll end here, but that might be the ending. This is the other thing when we're doing the podcast. We're always, look, we're always like, no, we should have a few more ending? questions. Okay, okay. Two, come on. But you got to allow them this to will, ask. This will be the pre-ending anyway. The pre-ending. Uh, <laughs> we're going to pre-end now. <laughs> is that Lisa Joe is a friend. She knows how to be a friend. And oh. um, and I, it, as that story tells you, it doesn't come as naturally to me. It... Um, I'm, I feel like I'm not good at it. I don't choose, I forget to get the gift. I, I'm very caught up in my own head and I'm aware of that. And I know it can make me hard to see other people, which I hate because I want to see the other people, but I'm very stuck in this cloud. But Lisa Jo is not that way. And she has for all these years been such a good friend to me. And I will tell anyone, we are friends today because she didn't let go of me. She's never let go of me. And, and I... Uh, that is the gift you've given me. Whereas it's terrible, but I would have, I just let go too easily. Mm. 
But I think now in my middle years, I no longer do that because yeah. she's taught me that. And she's I've seen as well <laughs> that when we're given these good gifts of relationship, that we may say, oh, well, there's the end. That's over. And our God, He's like, oh, you thought that was the end? He's just, <laughs> it's like new beginning after new beginning after new beginning. And so you went off to Ukraine, and I did think, that was nice, and that's the end. <laughs> and it wasn't the end. Yep. It wasn't the end. I know. Yeah. Here we are. So we don't have to end there. We can have more questions. I know. But. <laughs> right here, Rebecca. I'm thankful it wasn't the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Christy, for... The Middle Matters, which one is your favorite essay? Oh, Ooh, yes, yes. Oh, man, to pick one, I, I the easy answer for me is to say, weirdly, all the sports essays. That is very odd yes. coming from Christy. So uh, my kids don't do, we do other things. My kids don't do sports. I don't go to soccer games or track meets. Don't do it. It's not our family culture. And uh, I don't watch sports. I don't care about sports. <laughs> Nothing. It's so true. Sports? What? <laughs> so I never expected that those would be so meaningful to me. But as I was reading, I don't know if I told you it was after or if it was during. These sports essays are no, so good. It was good. during. You texted me. These sports essays are <laughs> yeah. really moving me. And I think we realized that um, that this is the power of a good story, is that yeah. it isn't actually about those trappings, the extraneous thing. And so it wasn't really about track meets and soccer games or sitting on the sidelines. I thought that's like a mom culture, a family culture that isn't mine. It isn't, I have no, I don't have, we don't have that in common. So I won't appreciate those stories. But I think if you're, um, if you, you know, if, if it's written, if the story is told so well, and you're at least open to it, and I was because she's my friend and it was her book, I was open to it. Um, you don't have to, it, yeah, you don't have to have that point of commonality to be moved by the drama, the emotion. And I don't think any writers capture just emotion and pure feeling the way the way Lisa Joe does. And make so you feel things. You make me feel things. And you made me feel things about soccer about games. Sports. And track meets. So job well done. Um, <laughs> yes, Jen. Are you surprised by the impact that you two have had on listeners and our lives? Very yes. surprised. So the question was, are we surprised by the impact and the responses and uh, the yeah the feedback we've had from readers about um, what it means to you and how it affects you and I'm adding words to your question but yeah, no, no, that's, that's, <laughs> yes it's so surprising so that people surprising. listen <laughs> I think that was I don't know what your biggest fear was going into it what, one of mine was that um, and I struggled at first thinking that as we came up with these ordinary stories that I had to figure out ahead of time what they meant and what the yes. gift Christy, would be. This is the difference between us. Yeah. I just want to make you feel things. Christy wants to make you think deeply about them yeah. and make connections. And she was, she kept being on me like, but what's the takeaway going to be? Yeah, what, like, yeah. no, what do you mean? Like we're going to yeah. tell great stories and then people will take things away. So she knew all along that that would be enough. <laughs> and I wasn't sure. And so the response has very much surprised me that actually it was enough that we just shared mm. our stories and, and people have been. And I think what by surprised that. me that I hoped would happen, but it's still been surprising that in us sharing our stories, we didn't want it to feel like like you were being excluded somehow. Like it's like weird, right? Like oh, we're just having this in conversation. I wa- we wanted people to feel like we're you're part of the conversation, right? That's that it applies to you and that you could make connections with it. But it didn't feel like somehow you were eavesdropping. But instead, it felt like we were having tea together, you know. And that has been actually a very satisfying surprise that it does seem like it's. I hope you're, yeah, you're nodding. They're nodding their heads. Yeah. It does seem like it's resonated that way. And I think in a culture that, you know, we love podcasts and there are many formats for podcasts, but a lot of times it's an interview style that's a podcast. And I listen to tons of those, but we knew it'd be kind of weird to introduce one that's just us every week having a conversation. Like, would people care? Would anyone want to listen to that? And I kept telling her they will. She knew. She so believed. Great. Yeah. People need to hear these conversations yeah. about tea. I worried and fretted and doubted, but you were right. You were right. I was, in fact, right. Yeah. Can we do one, one more before we go eat yes, dinner? Yes, let's do one more. Here, Sarah. What do you see in the future? Happening here? Oh, great question. What do we see um, in terms of the future here at the Black Barn? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, and it's like how much are we allowed to say? I know, I know. We see lots. I don't think we should give it all away. <laughs> yeah. I think it's helpful to say this. We have seen that 
all of these are like building blocks toward a vision that we feel like God has invited us into. But I was talking to my friend Kelly today, who's been helping us so much. I've probably pointed in the wrong place, but she's helped so much. She's a writer too. She, I think she's helping right now, which is With why I'm here. Yeah. She was asking me about writing. She had some questions about becoming a writer. And she said, you know, I have this vision, but I don't know how to get there from where I am. And I'm like, that is how we all feel yes. all the time. Yes. And so I would say this, like, Christy, and really not just us, our families and some really close friends have this vision for what we want this to become. Uh But part of getting there has been the podcast Uh and the books that we're writing and having you all here for Uh the first time. And so we have a hope that these will become regular gatherings, Uh that some of the conversations we have will grow legs and walk into books in ways that we hope will happen. Uh And it's why we're so honored you're here Uh because you, you know, I we stood, the two of us in the barn beforehand and prayed. And I said to Christy, remember how you said when we feel like we're in the dark and we don't know where we're going, we have this vision, but we don't know how to get there. Christy will always say to me, you just have to think about what's this next. It's like walking across a pond and the little rocks that sometimes you can see to step across. Like God really only puts one at a time. It's super annoying that he does that. (laughs) And like, and so we've been doing that. We've been crossing this pond for years. And so to stand here today, yeah. it's a moment where he says, see, this is where you're yeah. coming. Yeah. And so this is such a hallowed experience for us because you are actually in a tabernacle moment with us right now. Mm-hmm. Like we are actually experiencing the presence of God in a place inhabited with you that he knew we were walking toward, but we did not know. It just seemed like fog mm-hmm. at the and time. And here is the, the full circle moment. And maybe here is our ending. But our first podcast, our first conversation was about… Oh my gosh, yes. Seeds. Grass seeds. Tiny like little tiny seeds. Little tiny little beginnings. Things. And beginning the podcast was that for us. We felt like we, ha- we did have this bigger vision. We were starting to see something like this, but we didn't, we, didn't have, we didn't have this. But we felt like, I think the podcast might be the seed we plant first. Hmm. But this too, it's a moment of arrival and standing and celebrating. But this too, to get back to your question, is also a seed. And I feel both the enormity of this and the gift of this and also the beautiful, precious smallness of this in the sense of small, not being less than or inadequate, but being right. like super powerful and generative like a seed. Mm-hmm. I feel and have felt this whole weekend that that we're together planting seeds in this place. And some things we dream of, we think, oh, maybe we'll grow in this direction and that. And we do have these dreams. But I know a lot of it, we don't know what will bloom. We don't know what will take. We don't know what will really root itself well. So I, I'm so aware tonight of both, of um, this moment being something solid under our feet and good, and also being just one more seed mm. in this garden that I always That's come back good. to the garden. But <laughs> Right. I mean, it's why the mural on the wall is yeah. a garden. I think there's yeah. a place where we grow things. So. On that note, maybe we'll close this live episode with a prayer. Oh, I love it. Is that good? That'd be great. And um, and then our friend Elrina will come and share with us details for the rest of the evening. And if you're listening, we miss you. We're so sorry you're not here. You're going to miss some really good dinner and dessert and conversations. Come next time. Next we time. promise there'll be one. So I'll close us in prayer. Dear Jesus, gosh, we love you so much. Thank you that you give us these moments where you show us all along what you could see. And we just recognize that you did this thing, this good thing. We thank you for these women you've invited into what you're doing. We thank you for the stories that they walk out with after this, for the stories they're living, for their ordinary lives where you are at work every day. Thank you that we can celebrate you tonight. We can just pause for a minute and say, look at all this extra, all this generosity that you've given us. We thank you and we love you and we acknowledge that this is your story. Thank you so much for inviting us into it, Jesus. Amen. Amen.